0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second podcast of Real Estate Talk. This is Susan Rager. I am a real estate broker here in Arizona, and I hope you enjoyed the first podcast. I enjoyed creating it, so I came back with a second. I was kind of thinking of what to do on the second turnaround, and I figured I would follow up with the first one, uh, the first one we talked about, why do we want to make money? I followed up with how we should go about making money. What should our mentality be? So this is one of those uh, more philosophical uh, <coughs> podcasts as opposed to bottom line. But I still think you're going to get something out of it. Even if you are a bottom line, um, hard nose, uh, straight to the black and white type of person. We're going to talk today about the money tree. Um, if anybody has ever heard of the money tree or planting a money tree, we're going to talk about that today. I just want you to... Uh, Go on a little trip with me here. I want you to use your imagination. Let's close your eyes, and I want you to imagine for a moment that you're lying in bed. It's morning. The birds are chirping, and the sky is blue. It's a beautiful day, positive day. You can get anything accomplished you want to accomplish. Uh, You're comfy and cozy, all snuggled in the covers. You almost don't want to get out of bed. It's that kind of morning and it's just really great. But the sky is so blue and the birds are chirping. And you know that you want to take on the day and tackle it. So, you you know, let's think about that. You, you've you slept really well. You're fully rested. You're ready to face the day head on. You just lie on your back and think about what needs to be done and kind of plan your day. And the first thing that pops into your head is, got to pay all those bills. Are due. Get out the checkbook. Pay all the bills. Oh, all right. Well, let's think about the bills then. We can handle this. This is a good day. First, we got the mortgage or the rent, whichever you've got. Oh, that's a big one. That's 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 the killer, isn't it? We all have mortgages of some kind, rents of some kind. Uh, and a car payment, Oh, that's the second biggest, and maybe if you're really lucky, you have two of them, your car and spouse's car, or the kid's car, so you might have two car payments, and the electric, and the water, cable, dish, whichever you have, insurances, car, health, life, whatever insurance of insurance and oh don't forget the credit cards we got to pay the credit cards you know what in fact they never seem to go down we just seem to keep paying and paying and paying and paying and paying i remember paying uh fifty dollars on the card thinking i'd see a chunk off and that's when they charged me my annual fee every time i seem to pay a little more on the card i think i pay like five annual fees a month uh, a year on this one particular card So, you know, we better consider paying a little more on all these credit cards and get rid of some of this credit card debt. It is February, and we're still carrying around some of that Christmas weight. Oh, okay. And then, you know, let's think about, oh, anybody got a birthday coming up that they have to buy a present for? You got to buy a present for that one. And uh, maybe you've got a kid. I know I just, we had our our five-year-old, just we just had his five-year-old party, and that was a $300 event. With food and cake and party friends and favors and uh, so there's a uh, there's that pre- there's that little thing and don't forget groceries and uh, then the oil change and the tires and oh and that doesn't even count all you realtors out there what do you have to pay this month for real estate do you have to renew your license perhaps I know here in Arizona every January Happy January three hundred and eighty dollars off to the association. Uh, you know, how about stamps for your ad campaign, website dues, office fees. How many of you pay office fees? I was in an office where it was 200 a month for office fees and dues. And your assistant, if you have one, they want money. And then don't forget, you know, after school activities for the kids and child care. You can go out and sell those homes. Does any of this sound like uh, something you want to get up and face? All of a sudden, those birds don't sound so friendly and that bed doesn't feel very comfortable anymore, does it? But getting up doesn't sound like much fun either. Oh, totally ruined that, didn't I? Okay, okay. Let's start over. Back to the blue sky. Let's take a deep breath. Back in bed. Birds are singing once again. sheets are comfy. Forget everything I just said. So we're back in our bed. Blue sky, positive attitude. We know we can handle this. This time you roll over with a big smile on your face and you stretch and yawn and get up, put on the robe and the bunny slippers because you've got a secret. You've got a secret. You know all the bills are looming waiting to weigh you down because we just discussed them all. I don't think I discussed anything out of the ordinary. I didn't even touch on some of the weird ones I'm sure everybody has. But they're just looming out there. But while those bills are looming over your head, you're not worried about them. They don't bother you at all. How can that be? Because you head out to the backyard, pick up your basket, and begin to pluck the 20s off the money tree growing in the backyard. They're a bit crumpled from being just buds yesterday. So your biggest chore this morning is to straighten out those 20s, stack them in a pile, count how many you have to pay all those bills, walk back in the house, I feel good about it. You know, I just all I had to do was go in the backyard and pluck some of the 20s off that tree. And I found a few hundreds and a 50 tucked away here and there, plucked them off, paid all the well now all, all the money I need to pay the bills, and then you look at the tree. It's all nice and lush, new buds ready to form and more money for next month's bills and you head back out and pluck a few more 20s. Maybe you'll, you know, treat your significant other to dinner and a movie tonight. Wouldn't that be nice? Isn't that a nicer image than lying in bed knowing you've got to get up and scrounge and dig for, dig out your checkbook and you know, hope that the philosophy is I must have money because I still have checks left uh, is the philosophy as opposed to uh, knowing that there's a big money tree in the backyard that you could just pluck the money right off the tree. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be a really nice thing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we all have at least one or two of those in the backyard or a farm? A farm of money trees? Well, unfortunately, we all grew up on a planet where all we've heard our whole lives, if you've lived in the generation that I grew up with, is parents and grandparents, and the first thing they say to you is, What are you, crazy? What do you think? Money grows on trees? I don't have that kind of money. You want your own car? You want to go to college? You want what? You want a new this? You want a new that? You want a new stereo? You better work for that. Money doesn't grow on trees. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, I don't think I'd need a money tree. But the fact that the money doesn't grow on trees, let's let's look at that concept for a minute. Physically they're right. You know, a tree is a tree. You know, it's cells, bark, leaves, water, chlorophyll, and some basic sugars and chemicals that, you know, if I went back to science, I'm sure I would remember. But basically it's a living breathing organism. Uh, you know, that does not produce money. So technically, planting a quarter in the dirt and watering it will not spring a, a tree uh, from the loins of the quarter and and make flowering, you know, plants, The flowering uh, bushes that grow, produce quarters. So planting money and planting a money tree is just plain silly, isn't it? So let's not even think about that. Why should we even consider that? But yet we still use words... That describe what we do with money We plant the seeds for investment growth We tuck a little nest egg away for a rainy day Uh, I'm sure there are other phrases, but you get the idea We use phrases like money tree, tucking away And and planting seeds and and growth And things that, that describe plants So anyway, let's look at this a moment Let's look at this plant concept. I'm not sure how many of you grew up on a farm or in rural areas. I personally grew up in a suburb, a uh, small city of uh, about 40,000 people. We had a front yard, a backyard, and the school was down the street. It wasn't a, a hard, a hard, cold cement city like New York, but it was a rural area. Um, we had a couple grocery stores within driving distance, fast food places, drug stores, pizza, Anything you want, you know, within 15 minutes from home. We had the mall. Um, So as a kid growing up, I basically learned that anything we needed, you just go get. You just go get milk. Milk's at the store. And bread's at the store. Uh, (laughs) Cassette CDs. We didn't have CDs, but, you know, music, uh, clothing. You just go to the store. Buy it. Um, You know, I remember when I was a little kid, my, my, my brother wanted orange juice he was about two or three years old and uh, my mom handed him an orange and he said I don't want orange from an orange orange juice from an orange I want orange juice from a bottle and my mom laughed even laughs to this day about that he wanted orange juice from a bottle as opposed to orange juice from an orange not realizing in three that they were the same thing technically Um, so you know in elementary school we did the experiment I'm sure you did too where you bring in something glass, some sort of clear container, and the teacher hands you a lima bean or a seed of some kind, and you stick the seed down the side of the jar, and you cover it with dirt, and you water it, and you stick it on the windowsill. And what do you do? Everybody stares at it. Everybody runs back and forth all day long to see the little seed in the dirt that for the first day does absolutely nothing. Not a thing. So you water it, and then you what? Watch it. And wait, you expect this seed to instantly pop into something. Kind of like time-lapse photography like you see on television. But it doesn't do that. It just sits there. The next day when you run into class and you run over to the jar and you look, nothing. And this goes on for day after day after day. And then, you know, down the road, you know, what, a week later maybe? I don't remember. I haven't planted a lima bean in a long time. But it takes forever for this little seed to germinate into something resembling a plant it's not even worth eating or flowering or anything it's just a little plant you know it just takes forever my parents had a garden in our yard and I was never big on the planting and watering and weeding and I don't remember how long it took from the time they seeded uh, or planted the small tomato plant saplings or whatever you call them and And, uh, hell, you know, I don't remember any of that. I was too young and I really didn't care. Um, but what I do remember is how much vegetables, how many vegetables we truly had when the season was up. When it was time to pick all this stuff come August, September, oh my gosh, we had tons of tomatoes from four plants. We had more peppers than I knew what to do with. We had green beans all over the place. My mom was like one of the best tomato sauce makers for spaghetti sauce and uh oh my gosh we 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 canned green beans and or and froze some and you know we had peppers forever and and uh cucumbers and we gave a lot of this stuff to the neighbors we had so much of it that uh we gave a lot of it away you know making a salad was fun because you go out and we'd pick the lettuce we'd pick the a couple carrots um, radish or two, and you know, a tomato or two off the plant, and you know, it was all in all in the backyard, and there was a ton of it, a ton from this little garden. It wasn't a humendous, a humongous garden, but it was you know decent size. Um, that's what I remember from being a kid: is that I know they worked on it. I know my parents. I have photographs of them in this garden, you know, picking and weeding and planting and. And I remember one year we had some funky bug eating my dad's tomato plants, so they had special spray and you know picking these bugs off the leaves because they were eating the leaves and killing the plants and and I'd have to you know I'd really have to sit down with my mom and get more details, but I know that we had tons of cucumbers we you know it was just amazing what they what they got from these from this garden year after year, and that's what I remember not the long wait but you know they planted in spring and they they harvested in the in the in the fall and so many of us forget that it takes time from planting to harvest you cannot cram a garden many people cram for a college exam and they sit up all night and they drink a you know 10 pound you know 10 uh, cups of coffee and and cram for a test and pray for a C and then they they you know pass out after the test but you can't cram for a farm. You know, you can't do that. You can't go into, the, into the, the, the farm fields two days before harvest and go, man, I better plant these plants and pray all night and hope they grow. I'm going to water them to death with some super hydroponic water spray and hope you have a plant in the morning that's blooming, you know, whatever you happen to grow. You can't cram for nature. So you can't, you can't do that. You just, there's just no way. Some of us forget that. And let's not forget that before you plant and water and weed and prune and bug spray, you've got to prep the soil. My dad would go out there with one of those things called a rototiller. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it kind of looks like a, a funky lawnmower with claws. And he'd go up and he'd bring all these bags of manure and I don't know all the all kinds of mulch and and things and, and he'd spray it, put it all on the ground and dig it up and it would till all this stuff into the soil to prepare it for, for proper, you know, for growth. So there was a lot of work to be done to the soil prior to even plant putting the seeds in the ground and then my mom would come out and measure the rows and sow the seeds and cover them up and they had to be so many inches down and so many inches from the next row and and then one year she had to move the carrots from the left side of the garden to the right side of the garden because you had to rotate uh, and move stuff around so um took a little bit of work a little bit of prep prior to just sticking a bunch of seeds on the spreading them on the ground and and uh and hope something sprouts and so many of us do that we do that in our businesses don't we 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 sporadically put together a farming campaign and we sporadically make some cold calls and we sporadically hold an open house or two and, and we get nothing. We get a bunch of weeds and some depression and, and certainly not a money tree out of it. So we have to think about that. Another problem that we have, like I told you, you, know, you can't cram for a farm. You can't cram for the harvest. We all have instant gratification lives, don't we? The speed of life and what we have at our fingertips is incredible. How many of you have TiVo? I love my TiVo. I have instant shows on my command. You know, no longer do I have to wait for a certain night to watch a program. I can like, I've got three or four of those programs sitting on the TiVo. Uh, it keeps my son entertained when I can stick uh, Scooby-Doo, you know, from the TiVo on there five hundred times, and he can watch it over and over. Um, internet at my fingertips I'll tell you I, I like have a seizure if I don't have the internet connected to my computer so I can instantly get to dictionary.com i got a dictionary here on the, on the bookshelf do you think I'd crack open that book no way dictionary.com it even spells it for me you know we're so used to instant lives instant things go through the drive through you got a burger and fries instant 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 and we all have a condition the, uh, the 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 condition that that forms from instant gratification is called pt we all suffer from pt patience deficiency i have it i definitely have it patience deficiency don't get don't get behind me in in the grocery store just don't Because you will hear me complain about the three people with full baskets in front of me. I cannot stand waiting in the grocery store. I hate traffic, and I certainly, certainly hate being put on hold by an answering computer when I'm calling for technical support on something. Oh, and don't even talk to me about bank lines, because that guy in the car in front of me, I don't know what he's doing in that bank line, but he's taking way too long. I just, I could go on, but I won't. And you know what? We all suffer from PT. Uh, and we want our careers to go the same way. We, we suffer from patience deficiency when it comes to our careers, especially real estate careers, because so much is riding on them. If we don't if we don't have it now, oh my gosh, then we're not going to be able to pay those bills because we don't have a money tree in the backyard. So we need that career to go fast for us because we certainly don't want to go back to working at, at the Target, do we? So... We spend a little time setting up postcards for new clients and make sure that they're the right color, the best photo, and all the latest buzzwords, and then we mail it out. And I'll tell you, and I'm guilty of it too, you know, create a flyer or create a postcard, and you're worried so much about the color of that font. I had one girl driving me crazy because I I had put on my flyer, save 25%. Uh, closing cost or I don't remember but the th- I don't even remember what we were writing but it wasn't red it had to be red because red uh, people were going to notice it in red and, and then this money part had to be in green and, and it had to be the right color and that wasn't a good picture and uh, she went and made me crazy for three days over this stupid flyer that I don't even remember if we ever got out but we spend so much time on these stupid nitpicky things we mail them out. Okay, so say we get the postcard just right. You've got that picture back, and you look good, and uh, you're the number one realtor, and it says so on your postcard. And you've got you've got all this info. And use me. I'm the best. I'm with the best company. I'm your realtor for life. Uh, you got all the proper buzzwords on there, and then you mail it out. Mail it out to that that subdivision, and then what do you do? No sooner. Do you get those 300 postcards in the mail? You wait for the phone to ring. You just wait. You hang over that phone just like you did over the seed in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> the seed and the postcards haven't even been germinating for 24 hours and you're lumino you're breathing over it. Maybe it'll grow faster with a little carbon dioxide. You'll breathe on it. You got <sighs> <sighs> to grow. Are you going to go? You got to grow. So you you loom over the phone and the email and what are you expecting? Yeah, man. I'm expecting, you know, at least 200 people to miraculously love me. And they're going to list their home with me for 7%. Just come over, Susan, right now. I can't stand it. I have to love you from this postcard. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. I I have wonderful responses from my postcard ads. That's why I don't do them anymore. But you... You know does this make sense to anybody? You try these things and you sporadically th- litter some postcards out there, create a flyer, uh, get an idea, try something new and you try it once and you what you expect instant miracle results you don't get them and you try something else here's another real litter fantasy for you. How about the open house fantasy? How many of you have had the open house fantasy you Decide you're going to sit that open house and you're going to mentally draw in the Prince of Aruba. And he's going to come in and buy that house from you. Cash. Right at the table. Glad you brought your contracts because you've got the buyer walking through your door. Don't you? And you sit there and you ding dong. You rush to the door. Hello. Welcome to my home. Let me show you around in the bathrooms. And here's this and here's that. And as, you, as they're walking around, you get the idea. These are not these are not the people who are buying this home. All right, get the heck out. The bell rings again. Bro, welcome to the home. You are my buyers, and I love you. And, and they're not the buyers. And what do you happens? Four hours later, you're bored to death. You've been let down 20 times. If you're lucky to have people come through. Sometimes I've sat in open houses, and I've read the whole book that I brought because <laughs> I had nobody except that one lender looking to snag me as his local realtor. So, you know, it's depressing and it's saddening and it's frustrating because we want this we live in this instant gratification life yet none of the marketing skills that we have or, or are taught provide instant instant gratification. In truth, all things in life need planning, planting. And all the key components that are used to create a bountiful harvest, including patience and dedication. That goes with your marketing and your creating a money tree. Well, that's wonderful, Susan. But I don't care about plants. I really don't care about plants. Well, you know what? You should. Because the same concept can be used to plant a money tree or multiple money trees me explain something to you let's look at an apple tree the tree doesn't get up each morning scrape and toil for eight to ten hours creating fruit and then slump over all night and party all weekend because he worked so hard the tree doesn't do that the tree stands upright and does a little bit all the time working a little bit working a little bit working a little bit producing fruit at a slow, consistent rhythm with the seasons. He doesn't fight the season. You never see one tree in the orchard in the middle of winter when all of them were bare just bursting fruit out because he had to be different. All the trees work in in with the seasons. So let's use that theory and look at some money-making icons. Let's look at them. Uh, One of them would be Donald Trump. Everyone's heard of Donald Trump. When Donald Trump goes to bed at night, he wakes up richer than he was the night before. So Donald Trump is, is kind of an apple tree uh, in a way. He, he started out, you know, as a seed, planted, 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 planted. And, uh, you know, works at pruning. He works at weeding and seeding. And now when he goes to bed at night, his, his trees work for him. Gary Keller of Keller Williams. I don't know if if you live in an area that has a Keller Williams Realty. Gary Keller uh, has uh, seminars called The Millionaire Maker, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Uh, Fantastic book. If you're looking to make millions in real estate, that is an excellent book and an excellent um, seminar to attend. When I was attending one of his millionaire real estate seminars, he told us that very statement that he goes to bed and when he wakes up, he's richer. And there's a peace of mind to that kind of money tree that when you go to bed, say you wake up sick and you don't want to work, can't work. Uh, you've got a child that needs attention. He doesn't, he doesn't go backwards in finances or backwards in, in, in what he needs to accomplish financially because his trees are growing. His money is growing for him. And he just goes out and picks some 20s and pays the bills. Okay, we won't even we won't even look like uh, we won't even talk to, uh, about Bill Gates and Microsoft. He doesn't even have a tree; he's got orchards. But you get the idea. You know, it's not so much a tree in the yard like the the little metaphor that I that I you know, put together for you in the imaginary section. These are real people with real money trees. Well, yes, yeah, Susan, that's great. But they're rich. Of course they have money trees. Of course they can plant money and have it grow and not care about money. I'm not rich. Well, I'll tell you something. At one point, they weren't either. If you take any of the biographies of any of the rich people out there today and look at them, they didn't start out that way. Uh, Gary Keller, uh, his story is fascinating. Uh, I won't get into it here. Pick it up and read it for yourself. Uh, i not sure of Donald Trump's story, but I guarantee you, they were rich in ideas and rich in attitude and rich in hard work and rich in patience. They do not have patience deficiency like we do. And I'm sure, and in, actually a lot of them have lost all their riches and had to get it back. Uh, Charles Schwab of, of uh, the finance uh, the finance guy, he's been, he's been rich and poor and got it back before he, he learned to keep it. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad had a business or two, I believe, that he uh, lost a lot of money in before he maintained his riches. So, you know, Donald Trump didn't fall to the earth in a rocket full of cash and say, here I am, I'm buying up all this property. He made things happen. We're all born the same way, gang. Yeah, some of us have different attributes and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're in real estate for a reason. You're not a ditch digger. To become rich, you're a real estate agent for what? What purpose? So, let's plant a money tree for you. You can do this. Let's examine your garden. Let's think about this. Let's look at you. Have you th- th- think about your garden? What does the soil look like? Have you prepared the soil for your real estate garden? Let's you know. Let's assume that you uh, are are a, a traditional realtor. You're out there. Every day, um, your soil would, would look have things like this, a sphere of influence, a database, past clients, friends, family, business associates, all of these people, they know you do real estate. Do they know you do real estate full time? Are you their real estate agent of choice? Does your friends uh, have other realtors that they refer people to? If so, why? Does your best friend use you as a realtor? How about your family? Do you have 5, 10, 15 realtors in your family? Why would your cousin come to you as opposed to another relative? What does the soil look like? How educated are you? Do you take extra classes? Are you a GRI, graduated realtor or institute or something? Um, do you, are you an educated realtor? Do you care about your clients? Do you have good referrals? Do you have a a client or two that when you see them in public, they say, this is my realtor. My gosh, I wouldn't be able to have the home I had without him or her. What does the soil of your business look like? I want to tell you something also. If you're one of the agents who likes to go in your office and sit around and eat a donut and chat, get out. Get out of your office. Don't hang out with other realtors. They're not going to buy a house from you. (laughs) That's an interesting, uh, I have an interesting uh, analogy for you. Uh, Out here in uh, Arizona, in an area called Scottsdale, there's a place called Auto Row. And there's all these high-end car dealerships. You've got Porsches and uh, Lexus and Land Rovers and uh, up and down the whole strip, you've got all these high-end cars and all of these you know car dealerships there they're talk about a cutthroat business well one lady owns about two or three of those dealerships and they have these mandatory meetings for these ownership people owner people to come to and she would never attend she was the top producing car uh, company owner in the co- in the in the in the the whole realm of the area and People would say to her, you know, you need to come to these meetings. You need, you need to come Time. Uh, they were all like, you know, good old boys kind of thing. And here's this woman uh, taking, a, you know, charge of everything. And they told her she had to attend these meetings. And she said, why? None of you are going to buy a car from me. So I'm wasting my time. And it kind of all stood, the, you know, stopped these good old boys in their tracks. Why are you hanging around the office with the realtors? Yeah, it's nice if you want to go have lunch with a realtor, but... Wh- go out and hang with a home inspector go out and hang out with a lender um you know get a lender to take you to lunch get getting get good with a title company i don't know find other people who would refer you business um painters a lot of times people paint their house before they sell them uh plumbers uh, uh you know handymen you know why don't you hang around with people who are going to refer you business say oh you know like uh you know the roofer you know, he he's putting a roof on a house. He says, hey, you know, you're going to list this house? Yeah, we're going to list this house. Well, you know what? You trusted me to do your roof. Trust Susan Rager to sell your house. She's an awesome realtor. You should give her a call. And then have that p- roofer call you. Hey, you know what? I was just over the Smith's house uh, over here on 123 Main Street. And uh, they said that they would love to hear from you. Give them a call. I told them you'd be calling them that that is prepping your soil. You need to get out and prep your soil. Uh also too, have you found the right seeds to plant? Let's say your soil's great. Let's say you are ready to rock and roll. Have you planted the right seeds? What type of realtor are you? Are you a traditional residential buyer? Specialists? do you like to work with buyers do you love putting people in your car and looking at homes are you patient uh you know do you work with sellers are you really good with all the seller fears of you know <laughs> all the crazy things that sellers uh, have you do um are you good at multi-units do you know where the the deals are for multi-units apartment complexes or uh, commercial property Maybe you're good with property management. Maybe you're good at crises management, which is pretty much property management. Um, do you have a sort of a niche? Do you think you might want to do timeshares, or do you think you—they're pretty high pressure. But if you think you can do them, um, you know what? A, what, a, what are you allowed to do in your state that maybe you would find interesting? Uh, what about giving seminars to first-time buyers or holding a class on uh, uh, how to buy a home? Or what to look for when selling or you know, some sort of educational thing. Are you kind of maybe a computer person? So you'd want to put some some marketing things together and get leads that way. What kind of seeds are you going to plant? What type of agent do you want to be? Let's focus on that. And then have you sown your seeds and watered them? Let's say you're a traditional residential buyer-seller agent. Have you sown your seeds and watered them? So you have fertile soil, every one of your sphere of influence and your friends and your family and your past clients. They all know and love you. Have you watered your seeds? Have you uh, continually called them? Have you uh, created a, 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 a touch campaign of some kind that you're constantly being in touch with them so that they know who you are and what you do? And their first words out of their mouth is, uh-huh, you need to use my realtor. You need to use my realtor uh, so that that's their first words. Have you watered your seeds? Have you shown them that you have what it takes to be their realtor? Or do you just kind of throw that on your postcard? I'm a realtor for life. I'm your realtor for life. You know, who cares? You've got to mean it. And then you've got to continually, during the sowing process, now the seeds are in the jar, the seeds are in the ground. Now you're waiting, you're prepping, you're watering uh, the plant starts to grow. You start to get some more connections. You get into a routine. My parents used to use this stuff called Miracle Grow. Um, used to spray that with the tomatoes. Spray the tomatoes with it and house plants and all that. So maybe use a little Miracle Grow on your business. Get a web presence together. Think of some out of the box advertising um, that would appeal to your clients. Uh, you know, they got all kinds of car wraps or. Um, I don't know. With every with a move, moving is stressful. With every move, I am going to assign you, a, you know, give you a, a free one hour massage with my favorite masseuse. Um, you know, move with me and get a massage. I don't know. Um, just thinking off the top of my head, something out of the box. You know, uh, one of the things a lot of realtors do out here is they buy a small U-Haul and if they move then the U-Haul they get to use the U-Haul for free in the meantime the realtor's name and face is plastered all over the side of the vehicle and luckily a lot of them are very handsome realtors Uh, some of them are not and anyway we won't go there but you know think of some of a little miracle grow to help your business now that you've got the right seeds planted and you've got fertile soil uh, go ahead and water it and all you need to do is do a little each day do a little bit of this every day. Just send five cards a day. Call five people a day. Drop by your favorite people and take one of them to lunch. Say, "You were my favorite client last year. I love you." Let's go to lunch. What are you doing next week? And then, what do you think is going to happen? You know, throw a housewarming party for one of your clients that's closing. Um, go over and, you know, what are they going to do? This is my new home. This is my realtor. She helped me buy this home. I love her. You might get a couple sales out of it. And we're going to talk in a future podcast about lead generation. I've got some great tips for you. But right now we're just talking about doing a little each day, contacting five people every day. How long does that take? We're not talking cold calls. We're talking people who know you And when you pick up the phone and call them, they go, hey, 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 it's so good to hear from you. Haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? I have in my uh, calendar a little alarm set that every Wednesday it says, call one person you haven't spoken to in over two weeks. It can be anyone I want. So I go, I find this little thing and the alarm rings and I go to the phone and, uh, pick up the phone and go to my contact database and I find someone I haven't talked to in two weeks that's not a long time but it is in our fast-paced lives and I call and I go hey how's it going I haven't talked to you in two weeks just checking in on you Uh, wondering when you're going to go with me to Starbucks and grab a coffee let's catch up and that's the message I leave. And you'd be surprised. I get phone calls. Hey, I'm over at Starbucks. Come on over and meet me. Or, you know what? Um, I, I'm meeting with my friend so-and-so. And you know, that's a great idea. Why don't you join us? Uh, for a while, I was putting together a Thursday 4.30 Starbucks meeting. I'm a big coffee fan. As I told you in my earlier things, I worked coffee retail. So every Thursday at 4.30, I would text message everyone in my phone. And invite them to Starbucks, a specific Starbucks near my house, at 4.30 every Thursday. And if you came, you came. If you didn't, you didn't. We'd see you next week. It's not a mandatory thing. And then, uh, I guess it was about a month I had done this. Again, it was one of those scattering of seeds that you don't... uh, I didn't have the patience. And uh, I guess I stopped doing it after a month because I had sporadic attendance. Um... After about two weeks of of not having done it, I was getting these emails and text messages. uh, Is is there anyone going to be there at the coffee shop this Thursday? I I have time to go this week. Uh, Is anyone going to be there next Thursday? I'll be in town. And here, I gave up too soon. Could you imagine what I would have as far as a networking group every Thursday at 4.30 for a silly cup of coffee? I'd had I had friends who who were buying houses who wound up using the home inspector at the that I used to go, you know, have coffee with. Um, so they he wound up with business from my clients. What do you think that's going to do from a referral from him? So think outside the box. If you're a big coffee fan like me, then find a lo- a local uh coffee shop near your home and then have a a get-together once a week just for fun. You don't have to buy them coffee. I don't buy these people coffee. I just I just go. I grab my assistant. I say, we're done for the day. I treat her to a cup of coffee because without her, I would have nothing. So I take her and I say, let's go. Off we go. And uh, whoever shows up, shows up. And she gets to meet them. And they get to meet her. And they get to meet everybody who else is sitting there. If you're not into coffee, do a bagel shop. Do a Saturday morning bagel a bagel place or an olive garden soup soup salad and breadsticks meeting think outside the box i know this podcast is getting a bit long i try to keep it to 30 minutes but bear with me we're almost done this kind of stuff doesn't take a lot of time energy or money what it takes is a little bit of thought and patience to make it happen Relax and know that people are hearing you. And good things will come as the time allows. You're going to hear... I want you to do me a favor. Well, do yourself a favor. Go on the internet and Google critical mass. Critical mass is when you've built up enough energy towards something that it happens. That critical mass is what you're going to build when you work two to four hours every day on creating positive real estate clients in the fertile soil with the proper seeds. Two to four hours, Monday through Friday, is all you need. If you don't have enough sales and you don't have enough people in your cars or listings, do those simple things two to four hours a day, Monday through Friday, and you will have more buyers and sellers than you know what to deal with. As long as you have the patience to continue to do that two to four hours a day, I have a friend of mine who is in the home inspection business he's been He's been two and a half years out of school and has uh, totally supports himself with his business. Um, some months are lean, some months are good, but when he's not inspecting homes he 's not sitting around lolling in bed, wondering how to pay the bills he 's out networking he's got about four or five different networking groups. He networks uh, breakfast lunches, breakfast meetings with realtors. Uh, he's made friends with title companies. Uh, I meet him for coffee all the time. He is out working on his business, doing these types of things, building that critical mass. And so many times he'll come to me and he'll say, Susan, I got three inspections this week and they're all brand new realtors. They're all realtors I just met last week at this expo or met, uh, you know, that got my card when I, when I did that email thing with you. Um, his positive attitude, his mentality of no matter whether I have an inspection today or not, I'm moving forward. That attitude is everything. And it's going to build that forward momentum and feed your seeds. And that's how you're going to build your money tree. You have to have a positive mentality versus impatience and frustration. And then, honest to God, sit back and reap the harvest. You're going to have more than you know what to do with. Because when that harvest comes and those tomatoes blossom, y- you're going to have so many, so much. It's gonna, it's gonna overflow. And you've got to go to bed with that mentality. Wake up with the mentality that yes, those bills are going to be looming there. They always are, unless you live in a cave in the middle of nowhere. They're going to ha- You're going to have bills. Would you rather have to struggle with them or would you rather be able to put on that robe and those bunny slippers and head out to the yard with a basket and start plucking 20s off that tree? What about writing checks out of your checkbook for all those bills that you know are coming because you know you have the right soil and the right seeds and the right temperament and patience to watch that harvest grow month after month? Well, in summary, key things to address. Number one, have you prepped your soil? Remember what I said. You've got to go back and prep that soil. Let everyone know what you do for business, for what you do for a living. Um, let them know that you are the best. You don't just write it on your postcards. You mean it. What type of seeds are you planting? Are you scattering a bunch of uh, nothing seeds on the top of the surface and then waiting for you know gold to grow? Uh, or are you actually... Prepping the soil, planning planning with me- methods, making things uh, planting thoughtfully. What type of realtor are you? Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Are you working on the health of your garden? You know, uh, I'm your realtor for life and I mean it. Uh, I want to be the resource for every type of service you need. I know the right plumber, I know the right painter, I know the right roofer, I know the right home inspector. Try these guys out and then let those guys know that you need referrals back. Um, You'd be surprised. at at Make new friends. Don't hang in the office. Realtors will not buy a home from you. Um, And then are you seeing buds? Are you actually seeing progression? You know, how many homes did you sell last month? How many potentials do you have? Uh, How many, you know, why did they fall out? If so, what can you do to fix that? Um, That's where you're going to start seeing progression and you're going to actually start to grow that money tree so long story short if you want to grow a money tree in real estate you know two to four hours working on your business by having fun get people together network show them that you're the person they need to go to for all their real estate needs because you are the best hopefully that'll help you plant a money tree once again, this is Susan Rager, and I can be reached at Missoozie M I Z Z O O Z I E at gmail dot com. Um, my blog is R E and I R E A N D I dot blogspot dot com. Um, hope uh, to hear from you to see if you have any thoughts on a money tree and what type of marketing you do to create your blossoms Uh, perhaps you have some and you want to share them with everyone Um, i look forward to hearing from you please i'd love some responses on this um on this podcast thank you so much and have a wonderful day